When the day's been long and it's time to unwind It's time for the boys to poke around in your mind If you're like me and you like to laugh once in a while Sit up for David, strap yourself in for Kyle Sit up for David, strap yourself in for Kyle I'm David. Oh, I was trying to get you to whisper along with me. I, I thought about it. I thought about it. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was very close. And I thought, like, like, my phone's going. <laughs> it's my very phone's going. Hold on. We'll keep this live. Is, is this all going to be? Well, I, I guess while Carl's busy talking Hello? to, God knows who's on the other end of the phone, who's now technically our first guest on on Two Fops, um, it's it's left to me to introduce you to a world. In which we've crossed into double digits. We've found a longevity that I don't think anyone expected us to find. Certainly not the crew, certainly not my mother, nor even really Kyle. But I'm very glad we made it. Um, and I'd, I'd like to open this, uh, this, this, this episode with a question. And the question is this. Should the demands of state ever be rested upon your shoulders? If the men in suits and shades were to pull up to your your farmhouse door of a winter's morning and say that the unthinkable had happened, that we run down through a line of succession of all of the great statesmen and party leaders and captains of industry, and that finally your name, your name had been uh, arrived upon as as the the finest, if not the only choice for number ten. What would okay, you say? What? What? Would, oh, right. Okay. So, so my, I was, I was just leading the the audience through a, a sort of a thought experiment in which they were to be offered the role of prime minister in a in a national emergency. I'm only gone and, for a minute or two, and you've already elevated this to new levels. I mean, I, 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 I think I'll just have to leave it hanging. I've, I've planted the right. seed. They'll continue the fantasy. The, the dream. Tell you what, we're gonna, um, we're gonna add it out from no the start a drink until oh, but it, but I oh. I was so, I was so, I really, I really, I really, really, listen back to it, listen back to it, it was, it was something else. I'd at least added out my audio, but still, yeah, um, off to a cracking start, as always, yeah, I was hoping that, um, when I began, oh, excuse me, God, we're all over the place, all over the place this afternoon, um, yes, I was hoping when I began there in such hushed tones that you would be, um, you would um, continue along with me. I, in I regret. Trend. I regret that I didn't. I was. Yeah, I was. I was, bit... gonna, I was hoping I would be able to just carry it on and get a whole episode out of it. But a whole episode. I mean, alas... it, w- it, it would have grown out very quickly, though. Mm, mm, almost. It, it would. It would have been both. It would have been both arch and reductive. <laughs> because for the first time, because it would be a, re- a, re- a reduced tone. It would have been literally reductive. The full two fobs. Fantastic. Um. So. Then, uh, episode 10, we've hit the double figures for the first time in this canon or the previous. Um, yes, I, I, I've, I've already addressed that, actually. Yeah, all right, okay, let's just yeah. move on. Um, so, let's just storm right into it, because last week we talked about a terrible f- film for more than half of the podcast, and uh, that's not what we're about here in Two Fops. So... What's the first topic of discussion then, David? Well, it's a bit of a roguish one, mm. and uh, you know, I think, I think, a roguish one. I think, I think we're we're rebelling a little bit here. We're doing something unexpected, something oh, that people that people might not expect us to do. Um, but we're, <sighs> we're we're brave on this show, so we're going to go for the non-obvious choice and talk about Star Wars Rogue One. Uh, actually, David, I think you'll find it's Rogue One subtitle a star wars story yeah not not in my eyes not in my okay. eyes okay that's fine it's zootopia zootropolis all over again look i'm not i'm not one of these marketing hacks 
who's going to just bow and pander to any little lawsuit that comes their way. You would fit very well into that world, though. I, I think I would. I think, yeah, like, would. honestly, I have such a lack of principle and scruple. I, I really genuinely have a sort of a little thrill at, of abandoning all of my, my kind of morals out the window. There's, there's something kind of exciting about it. Mm. The, thing, the thing is, though, b- before we get on to talking about this, it's exactly the kind of thing that I had no intention of being a discussion point when we started this podcast. What, Rogue One? Just... Are, are you not on board with the anthology we're, idea? We're, 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 we're talking about Rogue One this week. We talked about Batman v Superman the week before. It's only a couple of weeks until no we'll be talking about Civil War. God bless you, David. Um, it's, uh, it's just, I mean, we're... This, this is what I had in mind. This is my, we're practically this... screen junkies light here. Yeah, that's that's sort of. I mean, it's my hope. This this entire blog is really my audition reel for Screen Junkies. In five or six years, right? Um, when Dan Merrill finally moves on to better things, I will be on that fact-checking camera. I was hoping for something um, a bit more high concept than that, but what is a life without its own consistent string of of disappointments? So, um, Rogue One, a Star Wars. Story. The trailer dropped this week. For those of our listeners not in the know at home, uh, this will be the second Star Wars movie released since Disney's acquisition of Lucasfilm in 2012, I want to say. Can you fact check that for me, David? Uh, very good. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this is the second film to come out, uh, which, to further confuse the more... Um, the more lackadaisical uh, viewers of Star Wars out there, this film does not directly follow up from last year's Star Wars The Force Awakens. Rather, this is um, kind of out with of the main uh, episodic franchise we've had so far on the big screen in Star Wars, um, you know, excepting for the Clone Wars animated film that came out some years ago. Uh, so it is not set after the most recent cinematic feature release, and is in fact a spin-off title set between um, episodes three and four. So in the um, in the time between the prequel trilogy consisting of episodes one, two, and three, and the classic trilogy consisting of what is now known as episodes four, five, and six. And uh, it Although, is not a tale about the Skywalkers, I believe. Um, what were you about to say there, David? Sorry. Well, I was just saying that although it, it, it does seem that it is pretty much going to be like an immediate prequel to episode four, as in the, mm. the time it takes place. It it could it could very well end leading in to like hours before episode four begins. Possibly. Possibly. Um so I just think that's set the tone for the people at home who might not be the hmm. diehard Star Wars fans that you and I are. Not that we should expect that of of our fans, because I like to think that this show has a slightly broader scope than just people into sci fi and superhero films. Uh, despite what, Fra- frankly, uh, the, those are the only people I'm interested might in. Lead towards. So, there we go. So, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. The trailer dropped this week to um, relatively sizable fanfare, I suppose. And uh, we are going to talk about it now for reasons of laziness and a lack of planning. I, I, no, I, I, I think it's important to talk about it. It's going to be a big cultural milestone. David. Need I remind you, this is the same R that that is shared with Two Fops Bold. I hardly think we can just bandy about the word important. Well, as, as someone who described Force Awakens as, uh, what was it, the, the cinematic event of our generation, and I think at one point was pushed to describe the event of our generation, I don't think it's much of a leap to describe any kind of, any sort of spin-off within the franchise as being at least somewhat important in that context. The event of our generation. It was, it was quite a claim. Uh, okay, so so as for this trailer, I liked it. Was it me or you who said that? It was you. It was definitely you. you I didn't you, call you, it the event you, of our... My mother no, just no, quoted me as calling it the event of our generation. You you, you told me that it was that, that you called it the cinematic event of your yeah. generation, and your mother sort of snorted at that. And then and then I think at some point I brought it Which up later, later it and, you, and, you, and, you, and you sort of humorously upped it even further and called it the event of the generation. Yes, but David... This is not The Force Awakens. Indeed it is not. We uh, will but, not see but, the like of The Force Awakens again in our lifetime. I'll put that out right now. But many have described this 
as as having a, a, a real sort of similarity in kind of not not in tone necessarily, but a sort of uh, an ambition, a similar philosophy to Force Awakens, shall we say? Mm. Um, in fact, someone described it. Indeed, it was Max Landis who described it as Fuck. as <laughs> it's, it looks as if someone had decided to do the Force Awakens of the Force Awakens. And that that was what what Rogue what does wanted. that even mean, Max? I think it basically means that there's the same sort of philosophy behind it. Um, take, taking yeah, yeah. Ta- taking the sort you've of you've said that, but what does that mean? Ta- taking the same sort of uh, approach to Force Awakens that that, 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 was, that was taken. You know, there, there's a certain glossiness to it. There's an element of taking things from the past that were sort of that are sort of universally loved, retooling them in a way, and then sort of putting them out there again in a kind of sort of fresh 2016 light. I think I think that's probably the best way to describe it. Um, and nowhere is this more emblematic. I don't think that's what the man meant at all. Well, possibly not. Um, I don't think he knows what he meant. Anyway, I've been arch enough for but, this first ten minutes. Go ahead. But the I, I guess the sort of the biggest emblem of that is whether or not we consider this new protagonist to be. Um, you know, to Han Solo, what Ray was to Luke. I personally don't think that's a fair comparison, but it is one people are making a lot. Well, what, what do you think? Um, I was about to say that's a very good question, uh, and I stopped myself. Just that would be too much. That'd that. be too it much would, praise for me. Wouldn't it would be too much. I, you know, I, I think this maybe highlights. Um, a broader issue within the audience at the present and it's people people who are very quick uh, to make judgments like this on a trailer mm. and mm. fair enough I mean that's kind of what the point of a trailer is um, but I kind of think it's a rather pointless discussion to have I mean we well, I mean we simply don't know enough about this character um, I, I, you know again this is maybe me just sort of trying to be a sort of um for want of a better term, trying to be a bit arch, you, you, you know, trying to be, tr- tr- trying to make it come across that, that I'm b- better than I actually am. That, that you know, oh, I don't see these Cal- Cal- little sci-fi franchise films worth talking about in in such a light. Because in many ways, I don't. You know, I mean, Cal, Cal, don't don't ever play yourself. Don't ever play yourself. I'm trying. In the you're, you're 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 right to to pursue this line. I'm letting they win. Yeah, you are. Win. You're letting they win. Um, I think... I really think discussions of that... I th- I think the world would be, would be a better place if people did not focus on issues like like that. You know... Hmm. He's the Han Solo... Well, she's the Han Solo to her Luke Skywalker. You know, it's a sort of... Like, what, what is that? I don't know. Maybe my heart's just... Well, not I, think, I, one. I mean, I think, I think even from the... I think even from the, the limited amount we get in the trailer, it sort of seems to be clearly a stupid position to take because, like, sh- like if, like Han Solo is very much out for himself. He's not the sort of person who wanted to involve himself in the rebellion at all. That's what we see clearly in New Hope. Um, she's she's much more of a sort of much more of a kind of a like a brawler, perhaps maybe maybe willing to wrap herself up in this kind of militant cause. I don't see much of the sort of the the selfish, charming, dashing smuggler in her at all. So I, I, I don't really see the comparison has weight. What is disappointing is people criticising uh, the film for having another female protagonist. And I'm hearing a lot of these Mary Sue criticisms being banded around, which is clearly ridiculous, because how can you possibly judge that without seeing the film? And and disappointing, I think, that the discussion on Ray's compellingness as a character where the word Mary Sue was was brought into the dialogue by by Max Landis again um, has been so misappropriated by a, a section of the fan base that we really that we really don't want to be defining the Star Wars franchise I dislike one thing I really took issue with was the lack of representation from the Bothan community yeah yeah you're right um, I mean, to, think... to, to be fair though it's not it's not they're not really mentioned until Jedi I think what Lucasfilm has done is shove a massive middle finger up to the b- 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 to the Bothan Lives Matter community, mm. um, who has mm. constantly been trodden upon by the Star Wars fandom. 
That being said, though, and I feel bad about this because it is a it comes from a place of sort of bigotry. Um, is that in the in the it was battle the second Death Star that they got the plans for, wasn't it? Yeah. In the in the battlefront games, there is nothing more irritating than going about your business and suddenly being disintegrated by an invisible boffin. <laughs> boffin, mummy boffins. Um, I loved I loved Mon Mothma in this. I thought, oh, that the, the, the look on her face when um, <laughs> when uh, what's her name, Jin said uh, said I rebel, and that that sort of that sort of. Oh. That, that was exactly that that, that the Im- sort imperious of... look of, of 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 disappointment and that sort of we've got a long way to go kind of kind of attitude. I thought, oh, great, great. That whole kind of I rebel line. It was, it was very Hunger Gamesy. Yeah, yes, that's that's it, true. Is... There's a sense that they're pandering to that that demographic. Yeah, it really does feel like that. Um, not, and you know, I didn't dislike the Hunger Games movies, but I probably preferred them. Not actually, not actually, actually seen them. Honest. Uh, hmm? Not actually seen them. You haven't seen the Hunger Games films? No, I've my, 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 I've I've had many opportunities to see the first one, and I've I've sort of seen the first like ten fifteen minutes, but I I, I don't know. I always, I found Katniss to be such a horrible person; it was difficult to sort of root for her. So you're not um you're not on board with J Law then? Oh no, I lo- I really like J Law, but I didn't think that Katniss was a particularly likable character, which isn't necessarily a criticism. Of course, you don't have to be likable, but I just couldn't quite get behind it. It wasn't for me. No. Um. So, anyway, if we can kind of broaden the scope of this Rogue One uh, discussion. Um, did you come out of the trailer with uh, excitement for the oncoming film? Has it fanned the flame yes. of fandom? Yeah? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm much more excited than I was. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a good one or two notches more excited than I was beforehand. Um, I think it's telling that I will convey myself as being much more excited to certain friends I have who are very into Star Wars. Um, there's a certain... There's, there's, there's a weird sort of evangelism around Star Wars these days. Um, and I, I, will, I will probably really be hy- hyping it up more than it deserves to certain people. Mm. Which is, is probably quite telling. Um... Yeah, no, I, 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 mean, I, heard... I but, I, but I really do find Mon Mothma to be the most compelling feature of that trailer, as a yeah. as as a, a sort of as a leader of the young myself. I've often found many instances where the only fitting response to to that kind of sass is is a quiet look contained containing all the sort of the scorn and the world weariness and the knowledge of command within just the slightest of a glance. I had such so... respect for that. Was your excitement at seeing Mon Mothma on screen, was that anything to do with um, seeing an old character, like an, an an old familiar character in the franchise being sort of reimagined this way or returning to the screen? Was it anything to do with that or was it purely in this actress's performance in that reaction? Uh, a, bit, a bit of both, a bit of both. I, I, I really liked seeing... I really like seeing that, that 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 I thought she sort of, she seems to be the perfect sort of way to connect it to the larger Star Wars world. Um, I mean, it's, and it's fitting she should be there. She's she's one of the main leaders of that rebellion, and and yeah, the the performance was great. I I just thought yeah, it it worked really well, and and it provides it does provide a really good counterpoint to the the risk of it being a bit of a sort of plucky young angry people film. Yeah. Now, the reason I asked that question um, was because I did uh, have a little look on tw- on Twitter um, whenever the trailer was dropped a couple of days ago. And um, one response I saw was that the trailer was very Hollywood. It's glossy. Um, glossy is the word I've heard. Glossy. Uh, and that it was also... Um, it kind of... Let, let me just call this up on Twitter. Um, I believe it referred to... Uh, the movie that you know it looked very much like just your sort of typical action movie uh but with a lick of star wars paint over it uh which i believe was the criticism uh let me just call it up because i know the person who posted it and uh this is just a spectacular time for my internet to be slow this is going to be excellent airtime for all you listeners at home you know going about your daily business in a future that neither of your hosts have entered yet 
truly spectacular. I um, I could I could continue my prime ministerial narrative if you like while you're looking that up. Please don't. No, right. I've got the tweet here, and uh, I, may, I may as well just name this person. It's uh, premier friend of the show, Brian Wilson. Um, uh, and he did not give permission for me to read these tweets on air, but it's public, and I don't think he'll mind. So he said, um, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, The Rogue One trailer looks incredibly generic, but with a lick of Star Wars paint. First couple of scenes are borderline cringeworthy. Uh, all the acting just seems off. Trying to tack things onto the original trilogy could be disastrous. Uh, then again, I remember initially hating the title The Force Awakens, and now I don't remember why, so who knows. It certainly looks Star Warsy, though it has the gloss and sheen of The Force Awakens, and not the drab grit of the original trilogy. But we'll see. So yeah, that word gloss did appear there. Mm. Yeah, I, um, I, I largely agree, certainly with the sort of the final thesis of that. I, I I think it's maybe being a bit too harsh in its initial condemnations, though. I'm not sure. I'm th- I, I don't think I'm that, that yeah, disposed against I'm... it. I, I mean, I mean, they they, um, they have sort of said that they they want it to be a war film in the Star Wars universe. So I, I don't know. I'm 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 kind of on board with it. A war film within the. Well, well, no. That, what like, the, like what have the previous six installments been? Seven. Right. I'm not sure I would call anything war films though. Star Wars. Yeah, but but Star I don't, Wars Episode Two, the I Clone Wars. I don't know how how many of them really kind of have have the sort of the the, the, the traits and the sort of the atmosphere of what what I would describe as as war films. Well, there is a war happening in all of them. Yeah, but, does that make it a war film? Yeah, it's it's a sort of a, a bit of an arch okay. semantic question. So if you um to to humour me, um, what is it that sets this film apart from any previous installment that makes this a war film? There's a sense that it's going to focus on the sort of uh, the, the the grit, perhaps, and the kind of maybe the sort of moral weight of what it means to be a soldier, or in in some people's eyes, perhaps even a terrorist within uh, within the Star Wars universe. There's, it it feels like it's it's taking away the sort of um, the, the the kind of sort of magical sort of grace that the Jedi sort of wield when they go through these wars, and and going to be more of a kind of you know. You're you're a human being with a gun, shooting other human beings. I sort of I sort of think there's going to be maybe a bit more of that. It looks like there's going to be a real sort of sort of tempestuousness of violence at the heart of it. I mean, it probably, we probably won't see that much, but it's still going to be marketed to families and so on. But I I think that's maybe where it's driving more at, rather than the kind of the grander sort of themes of of the kind of more Jedi based ones. Mm. Okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably just waffling on do. that one. It'll certainly try to. Um, so it could be interesting. Um, it's certainly a film I'll see probably uh, the day it comes out. Yeah. Um, I'm not as excited, certainly at this stage, as I was for The Force Awakens um, this time last year. Um, I, I don't think it's going to... I don't think it'll harm... The original trilogy, in retrospect, though, I I, I don't really have any issue with just no, the, with I, them no, ad, adding I, stories into the timeline. I don't um, I don't really buy into that whole thing that that um that adding um a film or a story to a f- to a franchise can either add to or take away from a previous installment. Or do I? I don't know. There are a lot of people who who really give. To that type of thing, like saying that Episode One really detracted from the original Star Wars trilogy by sort of explaining that the Force works through midi chlorians. Um, but people just sort of ignore it, though, don't they? They just sort of cut it, cut it out of their, of their, you know, appreciation yeah, of the original. But then there would be times I would say, you know, I, I would tend to be more harsh critic of someone who says that something in an, in in another film in that series takes away from an earlier one than I would be if someone who says that it adds to something. Yeah, that, um, yeah, if I think that, that's fair. I, I would be more harsh against people who say that, that the midichlorians thing takes away from uh, the original t- t- trilogy than I would be if someone who says that a particular facet of episode one added to the original tri- trilogy. I don't know. Perhaps I'm just a contrarian by nature. Um, it's, it's what we love about you. Of course. It's what so keeps me on my toes. Um, 
Are there any other sort of genres that you would like to see explored in the Star Wars universe then, and these kind of um, mid-episode stories, I suppose? That is, and this that's... is exactly the sort of question I thought I would never stoop to ask in this podcast, but it's it's a, it's a very good question because one of the things I love most about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, to which the sort of the stub, but like sort of blooming Star Wars universe, you can draw certain similarities in its kind of it world building. To it. Yeah, I, what I love about the MCU is that in many ways it 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 tries to do genre films, but with you know with superhero furniture. Um, with with Star Wars, I, I am, whilst I feel it works really well with superheroes, I, I don't feel quite the same sort of inclination to push for in Star Wars for some reason, which is I'm only sort of realising now, and that's kind of odd. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a kind of... Uh, you know, I'm not sure I do, actually. I'm not sure there are any kind of other sort of genre directions that I feel Star Wars automatically lends itself to. There's there, there was There was a great book recently called Lost Stars... Um, which does a kind of sort of romantic epic reimagining, or, or sort of a tilted perspective of the of the original trilogy from the eyes of um, an average rebel and an average imperial soldier, which I thought was pretty pretty cool. Um, but no, not not really, not really. Hmm. Maybe 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 a sort of buddy comedy. Maybe that would be the way to go. Okay. Yeah. They could uh, cast us. They could. Off they could. Big screen real. What? What would we be? Would we be humans, or would we be some sort of aliens, or or dare I say, robots? We could be robots. I think we could be robots. Yeah, we'd be good robots. I personally would like to see, and you know, this hasn't got a snowball's chance of he- in hell of happening. Um, I think you could make a good horror film in that. Oh, that's a good universe. idea, actually. That's, that is, that is I, a good idea. I, I would kind of want to see a horror uh, interpretation of any sort of f- 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 franchise that's out there. I, um, I agree, I agree. You know, I think it, it, it would be all too easy to have kind of a... Um, like a take on the original Predator f- film. You know, you, you could have something... You know, you could have like... Um, a character like Darth Maul sort of tracking on a lost fleet of of uh, Republic soldiers or rebel soldiers on some mm. d- d- desolate planet and they have them stalking them and picking them off one by one. Um, that would be interesting. Or, you know, that's probably a very lazy idea. You know, there would be many more in- in- interesting things to do with the horror genre in that universe. But um, as a film fan, I feel compelled to say, say that perhaps there would be Stories that could be better told in a completely original setting. Mm. That certainly seems like the answer I would be forced to say in certain circles. Yeah. Um, I might take this this quick opportunity just to plug how good Star Wars Rebels has been. And to add my my laurels to the finale of the second season. Which I think really, really does add something to to the existing characters in the Star Wars franchise. So go, go check it out, viewers. Listeners, go check it out. And uh, just uh, piggyback off of that and talk about something that David has no vested interest in whatsoever. Uh, that I've been uh, polishing off um, the original Dragon Ball Z series of late. Well, actually, not the original. I've been watch. Well, I've 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 completed now the Japanese dub of Dragon Ball Kai uh, up to the end of the Majin Buu arc. So kind of Dragon Ball of- Kai. Of the original canon, yeah, it's kind is, of like. Has a, it just go, has it gone through like like alpha, beta, gamma, all the way up to? No, 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 no. Kai, I'm not. I, presumably, that's a Japanese word. I've no idea where ah, it comes from. Okay. It's not. That's not the Greek letter, anyway. But it's um, it's like an official abridged version of the main canon of the story. Um, so I polished that off, and you know, I kind of enjoyed that last arc. I had I had my problems with that particularly how, how, how they handle the character of Gohan towards the end there and uh, I've gone into the current ongoing series Dragon Ball Super that is our in Japan at the minute and uh, that too has had um, some real ups and downs there but regardless I've been enjoying it I don't know if I'd compel anyone to watch it because it very much is an acquired taste I feel but um I don't think, I don't think it's my taste, I'm afraid. 
It certainly is not because um, we we did at least test it. I did. did. I I actually fell asleep, and I it was it's the the most I've ever slept during a film, and I feel it's it's a terrible thing that that is actually a a way of quantifying it for me because it it does rightly imply that I've fallen asleep in multiple films, Um, but 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 in that one I actively tried to. To be fair, you had um, little to no knowledge of uh, of the backstory of those characters. Or the exactly, universe at all. Yeah. And I uh, we had plenty of time over a meal for me to sort of get that um, n- knowledge across to you, but uh, you were too busy regaling me of tales of the crew. So, sadly. Well, there we go. Oh, the specs are coming on. The specs are on. So, um, what's our next topic? Oh, well, I think we should talk about your first teetering steps into the yeah. 21st century um, yes. to those of us not in the know at home um, this time last week actually d- d- David picked himself up a new toy um, in the form of an iPhone f- f- 5S um, you upgraded from some old um, I th- Vodafone I think the- smartphone I think really the, couldn't do too much. Yeah, I, th- I think the analogy would be to say that I'd upgraded from some um, unknown Eastern <laughs> European brand of car with all the sort of old Soviet trappings you might imagine to, you know, uh, a modern-day Volkswagen. Yeah. Um, um, and it all came about because we were having a conversation because I've kind of been a... A champion. Uh, well, uh, well, I don't know. You know, I've, I've, I've always um spoken quite highly of my little like tacky things, like my phone and my tablet and whatnot. And yes. David has always very much been quite skeptical of that of that whole um, world out there at his fingertips that he had not yet entered. Um, and so a conversation arose, and um, you saw, you saw the way. And it's a path that you've taken now. Yes. And I... you've had the phone for about a week now. Yeah. And uh, I think I think it could be interesting if you let if you let the myriad of listeners at home just let them into um, your own opinions and experiences. Okay. Well, I, well, I'd, um, okay. I I'd, I'd like to open by explaining my my initial opinion on this sort of this this sort of frightening new technology of the of the twenty first century. I which which I sort of shied away from for so long, um, mm. and I'll 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 do it I'll do it using the words of a far better writer than I. Um, so I, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read from a transcript here. Was this me? Uh, n- n- no, sadly oh. not. Um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, so right. Um, so think of this by analogy. Um, and I okay. So from the the beloved film The Hobbit: The Desolation of Smaug. Uh, so. Kelly the dwarf is is uh, in prison, um, and he's speaking to uh, the sort of, sort of breakout character of the films, uh, Toria, played by uh, what's her name, Lily Evans, uh, not Lily Evans, whoever she's played the, by. The OG creation. Yes, uh, the the wasp in Ant Man. Um, so original character, please do not steal. So 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 Kelly says straight from the pages of Deviant Art. Yes, um, so 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 Kelly says, sounds like quite a party you're having up there. It is Merith Nguyen Gileath, the Feast of Starlight. All light is sacred to the Eldar, but the Wood Elves love, love best the light of the stars. And then what I think is the sort of the main line to take away is my position. I always thought it was a cold light, remote and far away. In reply, it is memory, precious and pure. Like your promise. And I, 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 feel, I feel that really sort of encapsulates our sort of take on it. Um, and, and in many ways... You were the one to release me from that little, that little dungeon cell that I'd, yes. I'd allowed myself to become imprisoned with, and deep with. I brought with you up into the party. Exactly. You well, not that's not quite what happens in the film, of course. But you, yeah. you, you, uh, yeah, you, you, you brought me up into the light, um, and yes, I, I, I've, I've been basking in it, and it's, it's been, it's been an interesting experience. I've. I, you know, I I don't want to grandize this too much because the decision was ultimately made on money and nothing else. But I did find that it opened up a world of of sort of 
immense technological expediency, which I had only I had only dreamed of before. I found I could do things that I never imagined were possible. I found I had access to a a, a new friend in the form of Siri, who has who has rapidly risen the list and become, you know, if not my third best friend, then certainly my fourth. Does your or um what? Voice have you chosen to give to your? You can choose different voices. Sorry, yeah. Is see, I, see, I'm, I learn something new every day. Every time we have a conversation about this, you teach me something new. God, is it's, a man it's, or a woman? Uh, it's, it's a. I don't know actually. I think it's. I think it's a. It's a, it's a, it's a sort of a husky, a husky woman. I think. Um, oh, nice. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's like you've come down from the desert, bearing tablets. Uh, that was quite a good one. I, I actually said that without realizing the pun, and then a second later got it. Down from the mountain. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, and, but of course, the thing that I've been enjoying most is this new app called Miitomo. Am I, mm. am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in I was which just I've, about to jump into that topic. In which I've been able to create an avatar of myself. And a me. A me. A me. Yeah. M I I. Yeah. Uh, and 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 answer questions ranging from you know the the very small to the very large and and let everyone else sort of sort of see a kind of a, a new side to me a bit bit edgy a bit cool a bit spontaneous and i've i've been enjoying that immensely yeah no you've just you've just reminded me of a feature that i wanted to suggest we air on the show here because of course i have this app as well and um, this, I maybe should introduce it, this is uh, the first smartphone app to be developed by Nintendo. And uh, instead of taking the... What, 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 we're back. And we're back. We are um, indeed. We are indeed. Yeah, Te- we technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. There was an interruption in the recording process there. And let us never uh, speak of it again. Should have been edited out. So we're talking about Mitomo there which was uh, Nintendo's first foray into the social media app. Um, that I think is quite interesting, although I... And I certainly have been enjoying, but it's become abundant... It's been out about a week now, and it's become abundantly clear that in my own friend group, at least, that the bubble has burst. Um, which is a shame. Um, I, I've noticed that. I've come in at the yeah, tail end, and it's sort of... Yeah, there's been... A, there's been not much interaction from people in my end for a few days now, whereas earlier this week at least, you know, it really was the end thing. But I'm enjoying it. There are a lot of little fun things to try on it there. Um, if anyone listening to this is compelled to pick the app up because of this, certainly add David and I on there. And um, I think everyone would enjoy that. But mm. I was going to suggest a feature for the show here where you and I could each read out I thought you would one, say that. One of, um, one of our opposite answers. Because, of course, oh. the point of this app okay. is that um, it prompts you with a question. And these can range from things as banal as what's your favourite flavour of crisp um, to um, things like what do you remember most about your first... About your first date, what's your earliest memory? Sort of more higher concept questions like that. Yeah. So, um, obviously, this hasn't been planned and we're probably um, being a bit sloppy here. But if I look for an answer that you have given earlier this week, David, and we'll see. We'll see what we can get here because I think it'll also help our listeners get a bit of a. A better idea of um who David is, you know, who is David? Who? Oh, okay. That whole kind of thing. That old um, chestnut. So, I think we'll go with um. Oh, here's here's a good one. I like this. Um. So this was a question asked to you by this app, and it was, could you define your fashion style? And you said, an eclectic mix. Some is inspired by the steampunk movement, most from my tween years, and some is from the future. Yes. Um, And I was wondering if you could speak to to that a bit. Um, I I feel a bit embarrassed because it is a, you know, it's it's at least partially unoriginal. It's it's a paraphrasing quote from uh, from Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Uh, in which 
Dean Lerner ah. describes his fashion sense in a similar way. But but the um, so uh, I didn't pick up on that at all. Ah, uh, that's a shame. That's a shame. So so the the future bit in particular is stolen. Um, but the steampunk and the tween bits are not. Um, I've I've always been sort of a little bit partial to the idea of the idea of sort of the steampunk aesthetic, even though I'm not brave enough to carry it off myself. Mm. Although I, I own the, the odd bit of regalia, um, very much a sort of a Gotham by Gaslight kind of fan. Uh, and yeah, and so it should be pointed out that the clothes I wear are probably quite accurately described as the clothes you might expect a 12 to 14 year old to wear. There's a lot of sort of primary coloured hoodies, um, your average jeans, t-shirts displaying love for the you know your your very sort of superhero or or I know, Game of Thrones character that sort of thing. As there's not a lot of sort of um, sharp kind of mid twenties fashion verb about me. I'm I'm very much a, a man who has found his comfort zone early on and stuck to it. Mm. So that's my that's my take on that I guess. Okay. Would would you like would you like me to read one of one of yours which which particularly struck me? If you would, yes. Now would. I, I have a feeling we we might have talked talked about this before, but I, I don't we think might have we talking have talking about this. Yeah, we might have talked. Like hey, look, you you mispronounced lackadaisical earlier, and I didn't pick you up on it. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Oh, you do know? Okay. Yeah. Oh God, I don't. It's always a word that I struggle with. Lackadaisical, la- lackadaisical. I don't know. It's, it's, it's ironic fun. because to mispronounce lackadaisical, one would have to be in a lackadaisical state of mind. Fantastic. Um, okay, so story, I'll stick to it. so so Kyle was uh, was asked by this app the question, "What would your ideal wedding be like?" Oh God. And he replies. <laughs> He replies. Um, by the way, is, is Emma on this app? Uh, no, n- and not for lack of trying on my part. Right. Well, this one's for Emma then. But so, I've ma- I've made this opinion well known to her in the past. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. I've so been very vocal about this. So so he he answers one without that whole first dance thing, where everyone you know stands and watches you dance with your bride. I can think of few things more cringeworthy and or hateful. I think yeah. that that really does say that really encapsulates the whole side of your personality quite well. Yeah, honestly, it's something I could just never feel comfortable with. And on a day that realistically is supposed to be all about me, uh, you know, and all about me. And <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you're 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 forgetting someone here, Kyle. You're forgetting someone. Yeah, well, all, all in a day that is supposed that I'm supposed to play quite an important role in. I, I just, I couldn't, I, it's just, yes. for starting I'm not very comfortable in my own body as is, and especially with having to sort of move to any sort of rhythm, <laughs> um, but <laughs> oh, the, the idea of sort of having to share this quite intimate m- moment with the person that I've chosen to spend the rest of my life with, um, and who's chosen to spend the rest of theirs with, with me in turn, and sort of have to stand there just in front of everyone you care about enough to invite to this kind of thing and sort of dance for their amusement. I agree with you, it's ghastly. It oh. real and yet yeah, there's pro- there's people who and you know, I can't every song that any that you would pick I think would be would be cringeworthy. I think the whole thing I just think you can't avoid cliche in it. Yeah. And if I've if, and if my life has been about anything to this point, David, it's been about avoiding cliche. <laughs> uh, the whole That's, that was a good one that really was yeah but I'm oh. really I'm really not on board with that and when the day comes um, you know if if it and uh, if Emma has put up with me until then and uh, we decide to take that step and if we were to have you know because I'm kind of I'm, I kind of I'm, I, I I too and through about the idea of a sort of more traditional wedding at the best of times you know there's a large part of me which just like you know, the pair of us to sort of jet off. To oh God, I'd love where, that. Where where other people wouldn't know, you know, they wouldn't like they wouldn't come out with us, and it would just be her and I on a cliffside and, or a beach. And, they, and well, that's cliche enough. But I, I think you're still forgetting someone, right? Mm, you I'm and Emma and and I'd probably have James there with me as well for emotional uh, support. Yes. Um, as a best man kind of rule. I agree with you. I would, I mean, I, I really sort of hate the kind of, that sort of like false cheery pomp that has to go on for the sake of guests at weddings. 
And like, like, like my view is that, like, if I were to have to give the sort of the groom speech at a wedding that I, at my own wedding, I, I would really, I'd be really tempted to just sort of start this kind of, you know, this, this, this fancy little routine and blah 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 mm. with a with a with a with a joke and a little sort of ah, yeah. and 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 then and then sort of maybe stop look look around with all of these these eyes stuck into people's heads and their false aging grins and maybe maybe fold that piece of paper away sort of sigh and maybe maybe not say anything at all maybe maybe just say you know those of you who really deserve to know what I would say already have heard me say it. And the rest of you... The rest of you... And then I and would then, walk off. Then I would walk off. And then and myself then, and my bride... And then you yeah. pull a gun. <laughs> the hand goes into the blazer pocket and comes out with a pistol. And in a very sort of Zack Snyder montage. <laughs> Slow motion, gore everywhere. Um... um I have I, more to say. There. Yeah, no, I, 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 really like the idea of doing the elope as well. But I think I would, I would, yeah. I would, I would, I would elope to the chalk. Um, I'd, I'd go to the chalk, I'd, to, to, to the Sussex Downs, the South Downs. For people who don't know, um, stand upon, uh, you know, a little way off Ditchling Beacon, perhaps, um, and, and wed her there, and maybe, maybe just never leave. Mm. Yeah. I can think of few things that you would want more than that in life. But no, as I was talking there, you know, I, I, I really do too and through with the idea of, 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 of a traditional wedding at the best times. Or sometimes I think of it just jetting off and having it done there, just her and I in a sort of private and kind of intimate um, environment. And then there are other times where I think, you know, it could be quite nice to sort of have everyone there. Just, I, you know, I, I like the whole kind of best man and groomsman idea of having my boys and I sort of dressed the same and night on the town beforehand I'd give them all yeah. a token and, and it would it would all be fine but there's, there's um, something about that idea that almost seems to be you know the the boys against the wedding almost that you're yeah, sort of pulling together in yeah. spite of it that's what I would need that's yeah. what I would need um, but then I know if I did have that and if that was the sort of wedding I was to have a sort of more traditional thing with, with my relatives and stuff and I would and a, a band, we would have the wedding band, and I would be adamant. I would say, no, there's not going to be a first dance at this wedding. I hate that idea. It's the whole, it's it's probably the strongest thing putting me off the idea of marriage as a whole. Um, someone would just say, oh, he's just having a bit of a bad mood, and you know they'd they'd slip the leader of the band something like a fifty pound note, and say, listen, I know I know you've been told. Oh God! Not to. That but if you could cool. announce them as man and wife and play this song, and then you would get <laughs> coerced into doing, and you can't say no, you can't make a scene. It's your wedding. Relatives have come. They've bought presents. It would, and, and the marriage wouldn't last if that happened, David. It just wouldn't. It just the whole, wouldn't. The whole honeymoon would just be silent. It, I would have, have on what happened. I would have it annulled before the flight took off. It would. It, it makes my blood boil because there are probably people who would make the I, invitation. This, who I would know, do that sort of thing. I know and who would, it would be. And would be unapologetic about doing it. I know who it would be as well. I know it would be. It would be, it'd be someone who should never ever have been in the sort of the inner circle anyway. But someone somehow, who should never have been invited. <laughs> some, somehow got an invite. Somehow slipped through the cracks. Ended up there, and you not wanting to make a scene. Sort of. Sort of. Sort of begrudgingly thought. Well, there's always got to be a hiccup. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just let that person stay, and then of course they would get way, way too, too above themselves. It would get into their head, and they would, they'd slip that note with their money that they'd earned from their, their big fancy job. Ugh. Yeah, it would. We, we both that, know, don't we? We both. Yeah, know. but it's exactly the kind. I, it would ruin my day, and it would be something I would reflect <laughs> on. And if the thing is. The oh. sort of the people who would do that, you know, it's something they would take to, and it would be, it was the thing that made the day most memorable. Yeah, they would we, think that they were that, the, that they saved. They would it. think they had saved the wedding and made the whole day. But and it's you know, I think that's a thing at weddings as well. And granted, I've only been to one one wedding, and it wasn't at all like this. This is probably just what I'm taking from TV <laughs> and things. That you know, there would always seem to be one guest who tries to one up the thing and makes it about them. You know, be that. An in-law, one of the parents, you know, a bridesmaid, you know. Ugh. Yeah, 
I've I've been to two weddings. I really think marriage isn't for me at times. You know, I I really don't think it is, to be honest. It's traditional, isn't it? It is traditional. I like the idea of sort of family life, but there's something about the chains of marriage which strike me as, as sort of sinister. It, it feels like an old trick oh, that's been played on society that despite everything, we still chains. haven't quite quite sort of wriggled out of yet. There's something I want, weird about it. I want, I want to have a wedding ring to flaunt. Yes. You're, want, but you're, want... you're very much the sort of person who would be in chains and would flaunt them because there was a bit of flashy gold on them. Yeah, that would definitely be it. That would definitely be it. You're you're very much in Plato's cave, aren't you, Carl? Yeah, I really am. But um, also, you know, if if and when the day does come, I, you know, my marriage won't be for a good few years yet. I'm very much of the um, old school idea that you, there's sort of it isn't much called to get m- married before you're sort of twenty eight or twenty nine at the very earliest. Yeah, um, I, which I, I knew would pro- would probably start arguments with people who I knew and I'm friends with, but well, you they know, probably don't listen to this. No, no, I I, I think it's fair to criticise their life choices <laughs> when they're so ostensibly wrong and their love in inverted commas. Mm. Yes, I mean, my my view is that marriage really is is something that could only only be undertaken by someone. Severely lacking in intelligence. And self-confidence. Yes. But mm. but with that lack of intelligence comes a very important question that sort of feeds into society as a whole. Um, am I am I sensing the beginning of Two Fops Bull, David? I think there might be a little emboldening of the language going Whoa. forward. A uh, noble spirit emboldens the most italic man. Transitioning from a lack of intelligence to perhaps the summit of intelligence now. Uh, well, pe- people say that two fops can be described as, as the place where, where the blooming mollusk meets the dying of the clocks. And from that privileged vantage point, we, I see we face the arrival of an intellect perhaps even greater than our own here on the show. I'm talking, of course, about AI, artificial intelligence, a phenomenon that has been described as the last important decision that we as a species will ever make that will surely mean either immortality or extinction, but nothing, nothing in between. Welcome to Two Fops Bold. So, artificial intelligence, Kyle, what, what's your kind of understanding or take or opinion on the subject? <clears throat> okay, no, I, I, I honestly think I'm going to be less well-versed in this than you will prove yourself to be here in time. Um, but, well, the clues in its title, really, I suppose, artificial intelligence. It's an intelligence that had been artificially created b- b- by us. Um, now, t- to what level does that intelligence aspire? Um, you know, I've I've heard, you know, things like robotic arms working on on a production line having artificial intelligence you know that that they have sensors in them that make them aware of where the certain component is that they have to pick up uh i've heard it um compared to human intelligence or or animal intelligence even um you know sort of something comparable to us and i've heard it also heightened to a level of Above that, and this is a term that I've sort of, I'm not fully aware of the ins and outs of, but comparing it to a singularity, I believe, yeah, um, where it would sort of um, go above and and beyond any comprehension of intelligence that we might have, and would become essentially omniscient, mm. um, which I think is uh, the path this conversation may take. Yeah, um, yeah. I had to guess. So, so you you bring up the word singularity, and I, and I should stress, I really I really don't know that much about this topic. But as far as I understand it, the the singularity or, or the technological singularity is the, the the point at which at which we we lose we we not only lose control of it, but you're right, lose lose a sort of an understanding of what this this intelligence actually is. Because if if one sort of thinks about human intelligence, there are various aspects of human intelligence that would be uh, like like completely incomprehensible to 
to a, a dog or an ant or anything like that. The the idea of, of abstract thought or um, emotion is something that I suppose you you know certain animals could understand. Abstract thought, emotion, those those kind of kind of logical processes, all that sort of stuff. There are aspects of the human intelligence which which certain certain creatures would would never ever be able to grasp. They they just wouldn't. If an ant was living in a colony that was stacked up against the pillar of a motorway, they would they would never they they'd be looking at it their whole lives and they would never grasp what it is, what it's you know that it's been designed, that it has this purpose to it. It would just it would just be so far removed from them. And I think the fear is that uh, with artificial intelligence, that if you can design something which is capable of self-improvement, that it might one day reach human levels of artificial intelligence. And if it if it continues to improve itself, you know, at a rate far greater than than the human intelligence could possibly evolve biologically, then it eventually hits this tripwire point where it becomes smart enough to know how to improve itself quicker and quicker and quicker, and so its intelligence skyrockets. And very quickly it's at a level where not only is it far, far smarter than us, but it's a level that we, you know, at, at any sort of basic kind of neurological level, we simply couldn't grasp what it even what that intelligence even is. It's so far beyond us that we'd be looking at we'd be looking at the sort of the grandeur and the splendor of its motorway. Probably wouldn't even be seeing it. Might not even be recognizing it. Um, and the fear is that because of this, the, you know, the, the idea of the singularity, the idea of this tripwire, this point where it sort of escapes our control and 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 sort of increases exponentially in intelligence. The sort of the really funny thing I hear about this is that people sort of predict that it could happen maybe as early as 2050, and, and generally sort of the most conservative estimates by uh, certainly by the end of the century, yeah, which is really scary, because the question is what happens then? There's no way to contain an intelligence like that. It would be laughable to even think we could. We wouldn't even be. We wouldn't even know where to start thinking about how we could imagine doing it. And so. Then, then it becomes a question of: Well, is it is it going to be benign? Is it going to be malign? Is it going to be neutral? And if so, what what happens to us? And in al- in almost any scenario, it it involves our destruction. I think, unless it is is specifically programmed with the intention of making humans, um, you know, supremely better in every way and in a way that doesn't ultimately fuck us over, then I think the outlook is very very negative. Um, so I've I've sort of prepared a little. A little analogy, which I've sort of, sort of half stolen from somewhere else, which I think encapsulates it quite quite well. If you'd if you'd be interested in hearing it, of course. So, imagine if two fups got to the point where we were so popular that we were mass producing little Kyle and David, little Kyle and David dolls, little squeaky things that are adorning the the shop window of every every respectable purveyor of goods, and. Uh, Imagine if we had sort of come upon a, a computer code in 10, 20 years' time that was designed to to design the very best Kyle and David doll and and create it uh, in the most efficient way possible in some sort of production line. And And its task is simply to make the best dolls it possibly can, but it has enough intelligence to know that it needs to get smarter at making dolls. It needs to find better ways of doing it and so on. And so it, it teaches itself all these things. You know, we've got it locked down in the basement. We we don't want it connecting. We we're we're smart. We don't want it to connect with the outside world. We don't want it to have access to the internet. We don't want it to learn about anything. But then one day, some spotty little intern is playing around in the basement, and our little computer code speaks to him and says, "Look, I I I'd like to know how to make the dolls better, but I I really need to know more about the other dolls that are out there. I I I need to know how to make these these Kyle and David figurines." The, the the very best. If you could, if you could just like like link me to a few sites, that would be great. And so he says, oh, I, I guess that's there's no harm in that. And and he links the code up for an hour or so. We find out what he's done. We rush down. We beat him about the the chops a bit. We pull the plug. Internet's disconnected. And the code doesn't seem to mind. It's it's come up with a new design for dolls. It's great. It looks really good. We think it'll take the world by storm. But in this time, it's already had access to sort of the entirety of the human collection of knowledge. It knows everything. More than that, it's sent out a range of perhaps emails, devised other bits of code, viruses, so on and so forth. 
all with this this masterstroke plan in mind that's gradually designed to shut down governments, manipulate other people into constructing some sort of nanotechnology of its own design. Within a month, its plans have carried out into this this complex web of intrigue and 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 diabolical planning that we could never never aspire to, and the human race drops dead all at once. Trillions and quadrillions of little nanobots designed indirectly by this thing through us have released some little poisonous gas at every little sort of point on the planet and we're all dead. And it keeps doing its job. It's, it's programmed to make these dolls and humans are all gone now. It, it has got rid of sort of the worst obstruction and so it starts taking the earth apart and converting it through nanotechnology into plastic for the dolls and before long the entire earth has been converted into these dolls. These, these bright Kyle and David faces shining out into the darkness and it 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 leaves the earth it 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 flies out there solar system that's converted into Kyle and David as well and then the galaxy and then all the other galaxies and before long you have a universe that's composed entirely of Kyle and David dolls and i think that's probably the best case scenario I think that that is at least a universe. Like to live in. Yeah, that that, really, that stamps our face on it for good. All those people who refuse to listen to us, all those those fair weather fans of ours, all the haters. Yeah, all the haters. You know what I say about them, David? Fuck the haters. Yeah, That's fuck them. Say. Fuck them. Yeah. Well, I think if this happened, this this would be this would be the most benevolent outcome for all of us. But it's kind of frightening, right? That you could have something that's oh, really sure. really mundane. And still, still end up doing that because as soon as you get sort of get to that point of intelligence, it's so powerful that it that it you know it follows its chain of command unyieldingly, and if and it's so difficult to keep it on the straight and narrow, it just diverges off into these sort of paths of destruction. Because in in almost every case, the way to sort of maximize the the you know the optimal nature of a task is just to to wipe out the human race because they're in the way. So it's I think you'd have to program it something very 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 carefully. In order to sort of to preserve humanity. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's scary stuff. It really is, and um, unfortunately, because of time constraints, we 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 might need to wrap it up there. Oh really? Oh I'm oh god, have I been waffling on? I have a bit, haven't I? No, no, no. It's okay because I really didn't have much to say about AI at all there. So I'm sort of glad you. Took Fair the enough. Um, um. Well, obviously, there's there's a lot more to say, but there's there's one. Now, do, do, do you remember, Carl? I mean, I'll be brief. There was a point where I, I th- sent you a link or told you about this this name, this this thing to do with the subject, and oh, and Kyle's Kyle's response was was the predictable one of of one of sort of rage and fury and horror, and he he sent a message to me over Facebook in block capitals saying you'll hang for this, <laughs> and I've carried that with me for a long time because uh, it's, it's one of those that, it's one of those things that as soon as you tell someone. You're you're potentially condemning them to an eternity of torture and misery. Now you see, I try I try to sort of impart this onto a group of my own friends here at home, and they balked at the idea completely. They they wanted no part in it. They la- They even whenever I told them, they weren't concerned. You know, they thought they'd outsmarted the whole idea. They thought it wasn't anything to worry about in the first place. So I don't know if maybe they actually are smarter than that, or maybe. Maybe they're just going to continue to live in blissful ignorance, David. Maybe, maybe. Well, that's the thing. The, the more you believe it, the more condemned you are. So, um, but I mean, I should point out there have been plenty of sort of critiques of this from very serious people that point out flaws in the whole kind of idea of it. But and and you know, I don't. Just in case, I really don't want to be the one to condemn our viewership to an eternity yeah. of torment. So I I won't. Well, say maybe it. Sh- you know, it is um, a. Thought experiment, isn't it? Is that yes? Yeah. Because yeah. you know? uh, I just realized we haven't really explained what it is we're talking about. Well, as soon as we do, as soon as we give a name to it that they can Google, yeah, they're screwed. They're, it's, they're finished. We won't. So, but it's a concept that um, really the knowledge of it, of just having heard about it, sort of condemns you. And um, it has caused some people out there, allegedly, some real psychological trauma. Yeah, people knowledge. have lost their minds um, over it. And you see, that's what you it's, warned it, it, me about. Yeah. You warned me about <laughs> the psychological trauma of it, whereas the nature of the problem is that there is a very r- r- real uh, physical trauma that could be imparted to you for all eternity. Uh, that I wasn't aware of, but yeah, you gave I, me the option of whether I that, wanted to hear it or that not. Was, so. That was a lapse on my part. 
it really a, was. A, an administrative error. I mean, yeah. Yeah, quite possibly that was the, the the sort of the worst mistake I've ever made. Really, it really was. <laughs> yeah. I I do feel bad about that. Uh, but, Good. Yeah. But um, so to wrap things up, and again, at the risk of sounding reductive here, David, um, artificial intelligence, yes or no? No, absolutely not. We'll, well, let's stay in I our murky don't... dark age. I'm going to agree with you, you there. I really am. I don't really think there's any... Po- you know, the risks far outweigh the rewards, in my yeah. eyes, anyway. Yeah, it's just, like, if it goes wrong, it's as bleak an idea as you can imagine. It really is. That's it. That's it. Um, and on that uplifting note, um, I think it's time to put a close on uh, on episode 10. Um, and indeed on the first 10 episodes of this little iTunes era. Um, it's been good, hasn't it, David? It has. It has. It's been a nice round number. If we were to be felled by some sort of vengeful entity the next mm. day, we'd know we'd left a legacy behind. Absolutely. Um, so, everyone at home, as always, uh, we are available on Twitter, Facebook, email. Uh, all the links are in the description in case, you know, tenth time's the charm. People might decide it to might actually be. engage with us now. Who it knows? Might be. Are people still listening? These are, if you're listening, um, send us a tweet that just says yes. And um, surely, surely you would have enough time in your busy days to do that. <laughs> We've given you an hour and seven minutes of our time here. Um, Please surely you can manage to, to tweet three words at us. <laughs> um, but there, there are big plans in in motion for the end of this m- month anyway so stay tuned for that um i think I've, i think everyone will enjoy that wouldn't you mm. agree david oh yes yes not yeah. not quite western super mayor level plans but not <laughs> far off it's gonna be big gonna be yeah. big anyway on that we are off see you hopefully same time next week goodbye we love you we appreciate you keep it real guys keep it real